Today's date is June 4th, 2023. We are reading from the big book of AA, pages 51, we asked ourselves, two and including paragraph page 52, when we saw others. Rita will be our speaker, followed by a 20 minute share by Holly. Okay, we'll have Rita share, read the, um, from the big book. Thank you. We asked ourselves this, are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material? Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers for a successful flight to Kitty Hawk. Had not all efforts at flight failed before? Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? Was it not true that the best mathematical minds have proved men could never fly? Had not people said God had reserved this privilege to the birds? Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was almost an old story and airplane travel was in full swing. But in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Show any longshore man a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and he will say, I bet they do it. Maybe not so long either. Is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new? By the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget which does not work for something new, which does. We had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems the same readiness to change our point of view. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were a prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be a real help to other people. Was not a basic solution of these bedevilments more important than whether we should see newsreels of lunar flight? Of course it was. When we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did pass. And now we will have a 20 minute share from Holly. Hi everyone. Um, wow, that came up fast, didn't it? <laughs> Holly, compulsive overeater. I'm a hundred pounder. I'm from Los Angeles. Hi everyone. Thanks Kim for asking me to share. Got a little bumpy this morning, but that's okay. Um, the adjustments, that's a good theme for today. I had to make a big couple of big adjustments um, to speak, but thank you Rita for reading the reading here today. I read it a couple times before I got on the meeting and um, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. It really, really fits into my story as well. Um, so I am 20 plus years abstinent and I am a 100-pounder, a, a as I say. I'm sitting at a healthy body weight now, and I have been for about 17 and a half years of that 20 years. Took a little while to get to a healthy body weight. I'll tell you a little story, though, about the beginning and how I, how I grew up and how I lived. Um, I came to this in this abstinence, in this uh, 
time in Overeaters Anonymous, I came to this at 46. So I was, I was, you know, well into my, whatever you call it, is that middle age? I'm not sure. I was well into my life when I came to Overeaters Anonymous for the second time, which is this time, and sat down all the way in the seat and stayed and did the work. And then was able to, you know, um, stay abstinent for a long amount of time. So, but the whole first part of my life um, was, I, I was sitting at 240 to 280 pounds most of that time, you know, once I got to adulthood. But even as a kid, even as a little kid, I was the biggest kid around. I was always, always very, very overweight and extremely shy and extremely afraid of people. Um, I could tell you a lot of stories, which I won't, because I know that there's, I'm not alone in all these things that have happened as I was growing up, but I want to just show you a couple of pictures. I, um, I'm just going to show them in my camera here and because I like to see people start to lean. There we go. Uh, there we go right there. See that? That's me. And that's before program that's that's a couple years before program but there we go there see okay um so i grew up in a small town back east and there was god it was it i was in a um the family was odd let's just leave it at that i it was okay to begin with and then my mom was mentally ill and my father left after a bit. I was kind of left by myself. So I grew up as very neglected, um, overlooked and very heavy. Okay. I don't know, like, and we had no money. If you could pick, put that, put yourself in that picture there. So that's how I grew up and went all the way through high school like that. And, and I wanted nothing but to be invisible. I please don't even look at me. Don't talk to me. I just powered through as best I could and went home. And then, but, but the, here's the, the start of the gifts that happened that God provided me with. Um, and the, the thought isn't lost on me. I see that especially getting into program and developing a relationship with a higher power that is now a very different God. I didn't ever have a problem with God or have a skewed thinking about God, but now God is, is a whole different issue. I mean, I have a very close relationship with my higher power. Um, it, I went back to the, the Bill story um, maybe a couple of years ago after reading it. I don't know how many times did I read Bill's story. And then a couple of years ago, I really saw that section where Bill describes all the different kinds or names for a higher power, which is like on 12 and 13 in the big book. And I zeroed in on Father of Light because light and warmth is what I walk towards all the time. So that is a more, that's a, that's a more clear picture of my higher power. But to go back to the reading again, I, I, all that time, as I was 240 to 280, I just keep dieting up and down, up and down, up and down within those weights and being uh, afraid of everything, you know, and I, 
moved out from that small town back east. I needed, I really needed to get out of there. God provided me a snippet of a chance to get out of that small town and came to Southern California, um, provided another snippet of a chance that I got into a, a fairly decent job that I was able to start with a new career. That was, that was a very good thing because my old career was a grill cook. I was a cook. So I got into a relationship. We, we, I got into program once and I didn't, it didn't stick at all because I didn't do the work. But, but as I came back to program in August of 2002, a lot of things happened in that time, but I came back. It's like, I was led. I was done. I was done with the way I was thinking. I was done with the way I was. I was really done with my the, my life as it was. There was, if you looked at my life at that point, there was, you could say, there's not a thing wrong with her life. At that time, I would, you know, there's not a thing wrong with this woman's life. I had a pretty good job. I had, a, I was in a good relationship. I had a little house, and I had a car, and I was traveling along in life. And I, but when you looked at my life from inside me. I was, I was shut down. I would get up, watch the news, go to work, come back, watch TV, eat the whole time I was at work. I just, I'm a grazer. So I would eat three big meals and then all the way in between as well. And I was minimally doing my life. It was a minimal life. I wasn't feeling, by the time I got back to program in August of 2002, I wasn't feeling anything. And that's actually what scared me back into program. I couldn't stand that feeling of not feeling anymore. I was done with that. So the old idea, as they said in the reading, the old idea is that I could go on a diet and get to get skinny or something. See, I, the, the thing with me is I never knew that feeling. I had never been a healthy body weight in my whole life. I didn't I wasn't a healthy body weight and then gained a bunch of weight. I had always been big. So I didn't even know what I was thinking. I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I knew I couldn't be what I was at that time. So as I, as I came into program that time, I was, like I say, I was, I was not feeling anything and I knew I had to do something with that. I walked into a meeting and it was the same meetings I, I went to the first time. I walked into the meeting. Luckily, I'm in the San Fernando Valley. We have many great meetings. And I was able to just look at a directory and walk in any day of the week. And I walked back into my regular meetings that I was going to. And it, I sat down and I was done. I felt I was welcomed. I felt, um, I felt like I had an open book. I was done with the way it was. I had to let go of all the ideas that I could control this or I could fix this in any way because it was very obvious I couldn't. I had I, I tried everything and then I tried nothing. There was a lot of, excuse me, <coughs> there was a lot of times in that time that I, I didn't, um, I just resigned myself to the fact that I was gonna be how I was. I just, re I, I, I just resigned myself to that fact and I just let it be. 
I'm, I have a little allergy. Sorry, it's the end of my allergy. So um, I just resigned myself to that fact. So when I walked into those meetings, those first couple of weeks of meetings, number one, what struck me is, oh, I recognize those people. There's people that were there eight years before when I was in. That was really eye-opening to me. And there they sat and they were in the meeting and I was listening to people who had lost a hundred pounds or who, who, who um, had a relationship with God. I didn't quite get that in the beginning, but I did very shortly after because they would describe and when they were sharing at meetings, they would describe some instance that happened. So it was all normal to me. I was, like I say, I had a pretty normal life. Um, and they would describe something and they would say how their higher power had helped them through it or changed their mind or whatever it was. And, and I could relate to that. I could actually relate to that. And I, I got to let that in. I got a sponsor within a month. I think it was just about a month later. September 28th is my first day of abstinence, 2002. And, um, <coughs> excuse me a sec. I got a sponsor and I, she immediately started me on the big book, excuse me, immediately, like day two, we got my food in order a little, a little bit, and she started me on the big book. And I read it, didn't understand it, although I had been in a different program for years before that, and I had read the big book because that was an assignment I got. And that's how I came in the first time to Overeaters Anonymous because I recognized my self in reading the big book, even though it was a, about something totally different. But I read the big book with her and we I started writing a little bit each day. I started abstaining. And the and we very shortly we got we I asked her for help with my food that I could get my food in order. I did that with her and we're all, but all the time, see, we're working, we're doing the work. We did the doctor's opinion. We did um, Bill's story. We did, there is a solution just slowly, slowly. We did this. We did all the AA history books, which is really interesting. And it was down the road a little bit, but we did all of that. Then I wrote an inventory and um, I'm chugging along here and guess what? I'm changing. And I didn't expect that. The thing I didn't expect is I I did expect to, as I said, in my first couple of meetings, I felt a part of, which was great. That's what I needed at that time. When I walked in, I did not have any hope that I would lose weight. That wasn't even on my mind at the time. It was, it was all internal that brought me back into program. It was anxiety. It was um, hopelessness. It was absolute hopelessness. But what happened was, as I was working, my weight was going down as well. I'd weigh once a month. I'd let her know what that was. It was just slowly going down. And I, and I would say, oh, my God, like, okay. And I would shift the focus back onto the big book because, I, again, I didn't have any hope for that. I had hoped to feel better, not to look better or whatever that means. But what happened was I got to, because I was doing that work in the beginning, 
And I was constantly in contact with my sponsor, constantly going to meetings and doing what I was supposed to do. I just resigned myself to the fact that I was going to do what she told me. And I did that. And, you know, pretty soon I'm well below 200 pounds. I'd never, ever done that. And I was just, I was baffled, but I just kept going. And so the other thing that's happening, of course, is the changes that were happening in me. It took like way after the first inventory. The first inventory, of course, was for me, it was just like getting all that stuff out. One of the reasons I walked back into program was that I felt that I had so much stuff inside me that needed to come out. And I had not, as I said, I was in like eight years before and I didn't do the work. So I said, I, if I do, you know, I got to come in, I got to give it a shot. I got to do the steps because I needed for some reason, the idea that doing an inventory and getting all this stuff out finally to somebody. And I was starting to trust my sponsor. Getting that stuff out to somebody is going to help me. That's all. That was this very simple thought, but I just followed with it. I just kept going. So um, I started a sponsor a little bit, you know, started with being a food sponsor, which was great. I had some somebody calling me at a certain time every day and she called me every day and I picked up the phone every day. It's that consistency I found in program, the consistency of doing the things that worked day by day, simple as they are, day by day, just keep going, keep working. I had to pray for willingness. I had to pray for openness and to let new ideas come in. Then going through step six and seven, and looking at those character defects, I don't think I understand stood it really until about the third time through. Then I, I started to get it. I have a list of character defects. They're, they're, they're stuck right up on my bulletin board here where I do my program work, which is right here. Um, I have that list. And when I get baffled at something, I get anxious or unhappy or sad about something, afraid about something, I look at that and I can pick that one character defect a lot of it it's all fear of course for me <coughs> sorry it's all fear and a big one is fear of abandonment that's that just came out as one of the strongest fears that i've had and um i know because you know when things come out, and of course in in this life in this time and program i've a lot of big things have happened i've let go of a long-term relationship. I, I had a lot of problems the last maybe six years around work, big changes at work. And I had a lot of fear about it. And the fear of abandonment uh, just kept coming up. And when I, when my mind grabs onto that, it takes me a while to work through it. Okay. But in doing that consistent work, and abstain, just, I have to stay abstaining because that keeps my mind and my, my heart open. Now, now I feel like I'm all connected. I have a higher power and I can feel that. I can feel that feeling that in the morning when I get up, I do readings. I do um, writing. I write a letter to God most mornings, some mornings not, but most mornings. 
I'm working on literature with my sponsor all the time. <coughs> and um, right now I'm working on one of the OA books and I've gone through all the books. I, you know, it's just whatever, when I'm done with one, we discuss what I should do next. And we kind of work together on it, my sponsor and I. So always in the literature and, and I go to four to five meetings a week. I have commitments. I do what I'm supposed to do and what works for me. Um, and then in that, so whatever comes up today, okay, I can, I'm able to adjust. I'm able to go back to the literature. Um, I look at whatever character defect that I'm feeling at that time and ask God to remove it. And I move on. Okay. I'm sponsoring quite a few people. And um, this, <laughs> this group, they're all at a meeting, so I can, I, I can tell you about them. Um, this group is joyful. I'm so happy. I have a group of mostly a group of joyful sponsees and we laugh. We meet up at the Sunday morning meeting or Saturday morning meeting in person. And there's a lot of love there. And I'm so grateful for that. That's my life today. Um, how am I doing on time? No problem. Just, um, you have plenty of time. Okay. So that's my, that's how my life goes today. I have, a, um, I'll tell you a little bit about some more changes that have happened. I've got, I did a, I, as I said, I had been doing some, I've been really anxious about work and it's because my, I was with the same boss for a long time. He was, in, he's getting older and older and he, <clears throat> he asked me, probably about, God, it had to be about 10 years ago. He was getting older and he, had, he, he's a, he was a phenomenal guy, a phenomenal businessman, did so much work himself. I had my stuff, I'm over in the valley in my office and he's over in the marina in his office, which was in his home. And we just kind of did our own thing, okay? But after a while, when he was getting older, he asked me, he started to get a little confused and like he couldn't balance. He, he had so much stuff going in and out of his little checkbook. He had a little checkbook that was paper. And he had like millions of dollars going in and out of that. And he got, he couldn't balance it anymore. It got too much. So he started to ask me to come over and help him with his work. Okay, help him. God, that was hard. I could tell that that was so hard for him. And I was a ball of anxiety. Okay. But I went and I started to help him with this work. And I'd sit in a little corner desk and he would be at his, and I'd be there in his house. And I would, about once a week, I'd go over and I'd do this work. And I was getting to know, and he started teaching me the things that he did that I never was involved in really. And we built a we we built a relationship like 15 years into this employment that was so completely different. We built a relationship. He had three kids. Kids, they're of course they're adults. They're younger than me, but they're you know adults with families that weren't really that interested. So he started teaching me how to do all this stuff. It was so interesting, but it was so overwhelming. But what happened was he got sick really fast. And in, in, a while later, he got he got a couple of different um, health things that he was, he was gone. 
And, um, oh, thank you, AJ. Um, so all of that started to change, okay? And here comes his son. Now, I, I gotta tell you, I have never gotten along with this son that's the youngest. This guy, he wasn't around that much, but this guy, he would call and my hair would literally light on fire. That's the reaction I would And I had to, that took, I had to work through that with my sponsor. And I'm talking in the big sense, this took, this took years. Now, now he is my boss. Now my, my old boss died finally, of course. And now he is my boss and everything changed. Can you imagine me and then everything changes? Well, that I needed God so badly. So that's worked through. I've cut down to part-time. If you can believe this, six days a week to five days a week to three days a week, okay? Wow, was that bumpy, scratchy? Oh my God. But what happened is that in doing that, now this, just to adjust to that, both work-wise and, and me-wise, I'm a year and five months into it. I think I didn't adjust to like a full year in. Very bumpy. But you know what? I've got a, a, an extremely joyful side hustle now that I do. Um, and it, that's growing and I'm, I feel like I have a new life again. I mean, I'm 66 years old and the program has allowed me to just walk through all of that. Abstaining, that's the, here's the key. Stay abstinent. I have a sober food plan today that just, I'm good to go. Like that keeps me good. Keeps me in a healthy body weight. Thank you. <coughs> and I get to live this enormously big life full of joy. And um, I really couldn't be more grateful to Overeaters Anonymous. I do the work. I pass it along. And I'm grateful for the life I had. It's a new life. And it's a great life I have today. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Holly.